Hey, I am so grateful that you're here today, or I'm grateful that you're joined us online. We do want to celebrate what Mother's Day is all about, and we also want to acknowledge the role that God plays in this. And so I want to share a message, and this is a message for everybody, but I am going to do something I don't typically do. I'm going to apply it to a very specific group, two moms. And particularly, I'm going to talk to moms that if you still have a child in the house, whether they're 2, 3, 4, 25, whatever, you know, if they're still in your house, I want to talk to you. And that's why I'm calling this Grace in Chaos. Because can you think of a better word for parenting than chaos? I want to talk what it means to be a, a parent. And I've got to be honest that that I approach a Mother's Day sermon or I approach a sermon on parenting with a lot of trepidation. Now, I haven't always had trepidation because I used to be a youth minister and didn't have kids. And when I didn't have kids and I was a youth minister, I knew it all. And so I had a sermon worked up back then. And in fact, let me just tell you about my evolution of my parenting sermons, okay? This is the evolution I went. So here's the titles that my sermons went through. So early on, I was a youth minister with no kids. The first sermon that I, that I would preach would be the Ten Commandments of Successful Parenting. Okay? And I would get up there and preach that with passion. Then I had children. And then, you know, Caden, my son, just now returned home from... He's our oldest. He re just returned home from college uh, on Friday. And so for his, after his first year, so it's really exciting. Well... After, when Caden was born, suddenly Erica becomes a mom, I become a dad, and I remember that moment where the hospital puts him in our hands, they've got him all in the car seat, and we're, we get to take him home, and I'm like, I'm walking out of here with another human being. Is there some kind of test that I need to take first? And then you put the child in the car, and you drive five miles an hour, <laughs> and you yell at everybody else because they're being so reckless around you, you're like, I got a kid here! Okay, and then you start this venture of parenting. So my next title, when I realized I didn't know it much, was the 10 Suggestions for Successful Parenting. <laughs> and I would preach that one for a while. And then they became teenagers. And so now, when it comes to parenting, what I preach is, here's some tips that might work for some parents with some kids in some parts of the country. And as I thought about preparing today, I thought my title should just be, I don't know, what do you got? <laughs> because there is a certain amount of chaos, isn't there? And I'm going to suggest that while each generation of parents faces unique difficulties, that the you guys today that, that are just launching, that you've got one of the kids up here, that you're just launching out on this, there's some extra, extra, extra pressure on you guys. There is an unbelievable pressure to compare. And this is one thing where social media has not helped us out, I don't think. Because what happens now is you're just trying to keep it all between the lines and you're frazzled and you're just hoping that your child lives from the morning to the night without you doing something drastic with them or you walking out on them. And you're lucky if the clothes even kind of match or get there, or if they just got burgers. And then you get on social media and everything else looks perfect, right? 
Everybody else has got perfect kids, and they're perfectly behaved, and they're all smiled, and their clothes are all dressed nice, and everything works out. Or you want to throw a birthday party for them. And again, I talked about a birthday just a few weeks ago. For me, the epitome, the highest honor of a birthday you could possibly achieve was taking a McDonald's. That's what everybody did. That's what you bragged about. Now, I get on and I see these birthdays and birthday cakes and birthday parties that are elaborate and they're themed and they're all this stuff. That's just a lot of pressure. And you're just trying to keep it. So I did one of the things that I love to do because it makes me feel better is I went to Pinterest and I found some of the Pinterest fails that were out there. So I've got some I'm going to share with you. Here's, here's one. Here's what it's supposed to look like. And this is if you want your child to be eating lots of fruit and things like that. We got the first one up. So this is an apple turkey, okay? And this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it would look like if I did it. <laughs> or I grew up on Sesame Street, and there was a character on the stage called Cookie Monster, and so here's some Cookie Monster cupcakes complete with a chocolate chip cookie in the icing mouth of the Cookie Monster. That's incredible. Here's more like my attempt. Maybe you wanted to have it themed after the movie Despicable Me because those little yellow minions came out and they got so popular. And so here's what one parent strove to achieve. This is a minion. This is a beautiful replication of a minion. Not so much on this one right here. <laughs> and I saved my favorite to last. Now this is one that, this is kind of a dad one, I think. Because I would love to get up and provide my family with a great breakfast. And so here's a great breakfast themed around Easter time. And you've got the blueberries and the strawberry and the marshmallows for the teeth and the, the um, cantaloupe cut for the ears. That looks, I mean, I think I could pull that off. But here's what it's going to look like when I do it. So I want to talk to everyone, but particularly to you parents and you moms, that you're just trying to keep it between the lines right now. And I want to speak a word of grace and encouragement to you today. And so I want you, if you've got a Bible, I want you to open up to a book in your Old Testament. And it's okay to go to the table of contents or to do the search in your app and we're going to be in a book called First Kings. And I want to show you a story that maybe you're already familiar with, but I'm going to show you a story about a mother, and she was just trying to keep it between the lines. And if she were to look around and play the comparison game, it would only bring her great sorrow. Because I guarantee she couldn't stack up against anybody else that she saw. And so I'm going to ask you to use your imagination this morning to step into her role with me. And we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 17. And 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 7. If you would follow along with this. This is about this widow mother and a prophet, a man of God named Elijah. And it begins, we jump into the story with this line. Sometime later the book dried up because there had been no rain in the land. 
Then the, excuse me, then the word of the Lord came to him, and the him is Elijah, this prophet. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. At this point, she speaks up. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Pause just right there. I'm not sure there's many more more desperate lines in all of Scripture than these right here. That we're going... That this mother, she's a widow, which means she doesn't have a husband. And in that, in that culture, that puts you in serious economic trouble. That there was not all of the public programs and the charity organizations that we have today to be a structure under that. To lose your husband was to lose your status, lose your security, lose your future. And she is desperate. And he's gotten so desperate now that her plan for the day is to gather up a little bit of firewood so she can go home and use all the remaining oil and all the remaining flour to make one small loaf of bread. And she's going to feed to her son. And after that, her intention is to die. Because she has no hope beyond that. Now, we may not face that same kind of, I'm almost on the verge of starvation, but if you've been a parent, if you are a parent, if you're a mom, think about those moments where you just feel like you are at the end of your rope. You're frazzled. Because you've poured out everything that you know how to do. And whatever the situation is, it's not getting better. I mean, you've been on the internet and you've researched it. And you've talked to people and you just can't seem to make it turn a corner and go the way that you want to go. You can't do right by your child for whatever reason. And you're desperate and you're afraid that you are failing as a parent. So Elijah says to her this. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have. Bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For that is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Now, what a bold ask. I want you to do exactly what you've asked, but you don't give it to your son. You bring that piece of bread, that loaf, that cake. You bring it to me. And then the Lord will bless you. And I don't know if she's just at the end of a rope and that all other options seem even worse. If, if this is a Hail Mary in the middle of it, if this is a stretch, but it may be the only thing that works, she follows through on this. 
Verse 15, she went home and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Here you have a mom desperate. At the end, at the end of all that she could hope for, and she takes a small act of faith to follow on this encouragement by the Lord, and she goes and she delivers this small offering to this man of God, this Elijah the prophet. And then when she returns home, and I just you just imagine her walk back to the house. Will it be true? Will it be true? Did I just get scammed? Have I just been lied to? Because she's been taken advantage in many other ways. And she gets there and she finds, and I don't know how the miracle works, but she goes to the jars where the flour and the oil is, and, she, and there's something more there. There's something else there. And she begins to cook. And the next day, when she goes to the jars, there's something more there. And then the following day, when she goes to the jars, there's something more there. Now, what I want you to notice is how God responded to her. Because I guarantee you, her prayer was not, Lord, give me magic jars that never go empty. She, she never prayed that. She probably prayed for stuff like, Lord, send me a man. Send me a husband. That would have been probably her number one prayer. Lord, send us a financial blessing. Send us something where we could afford to go out and buy what we need. That would have been prayer. I, I would have prayed. But instead of responding to her that way, sending some man, sending somebody else to take care of her, send, what God does is he gives her his sustaining grace day by day by day. He provides what she needs for that day, in that moment. That's the miracle. We have no indication that she could load up all the jars and sell and make a huge profit, and suddenly she's in the bakery business. She just simply had what she needed for each and every day. See, I want you to know that Jesus picks up on this theme. And Jesus, in one place in the Gospel of John, Jesus has all the disciples gathered around, and he's got a crowd in front of him. And he starts to talk about an Old Testament story, much like this one. And he talks about Moses. And when Moses was leading the people of Israel through the wilderness... And God would provide bread from heaven. We call it manna. And the encouragement was that they gathered up only what they needed for that day. That's all they would because they were learning to trust God today, that God was going to provide today what you need for today, and that tomorrow God was going to show up again and start it all over again. We live in a world where what I like to do is I like to have it all stacked up now so I can see it. And then I can know what the future holds. But right in the middle of that, Jesus does this little turn, and I think this is a common reference throughout, throughout Scripture. John chapter 6 says this. John chapter 6, verse 35. Notice what Jesus says here. 
Then he declares, I am the bread of life. After he's told this Old Testament story, he says, I'm the bread of life. That bread that sustained your ancestors so many generations ago, that's now me. This bread that this widow came to and was able to make week or day after day after day from the jar, that's me. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So, to all of us, and uniquely to parents, as we wrestle with, am I good enough as a parent? Do I have it all together? Have, have I created all this? See, I, I can relate so much because part of it is in my role. See, I live with this expectation that what you think is that my family sits around the breakfast table every morning and shares Bible stories. Okay? And then when we come together at a meal at night, we share more Bible stories. And all I have to do is say, who will share the story today? And then my children go, could I, Father? No, it is at my turn. And then I say, Caden, would you share? And then he stands up in a preacher voice and begins to pontificate on the scriptures. All right. We're the family that oftentimes shows up as we get out of the car. We're still having the fight, okay? Because that's where real life is lived. And I think so often we get caught up in seeing that, oh, I'm, I'm not having enough family devotionals and I'm not having all these things. And we put pressure on top of pressure on pressure. And you go to bed at night just going, God, I'm a failure as a parent. What I want to encourage you with today is that the God that provides this grace, this sustaining grace, just like for the woman, just like Jesus said on the hillside that day, it is a day today, today, today sustaining grace. So here's the bottom line, and I want you to take this one to heart. The same grace that redeems you from your sin also redeems your imperfect parenting. The same grace that we rely upon God to cover the darkest sin in my life is the same grace that God gives me every single day because I am far from a perfect parent. And I can either spend my life comparing myself to what I think everybody else has it and listen to the lie of Satan that says, shame on you for not being a perfect parent, or I can lean into the one that's providing me the sustaining grace. And so to moms, here's, here's the blessing for you. As you wrestle with your kids, as you try to go through everything from potty training to bicycle riding to when they had their first crush and their hearts broken with their boyfriend or girlfriend or what, however all that works in your world, and you feel like, I'm not sure if I even know what to do. God's given you grace that day. Time and time again. And the temptation for us is to so easily fall into this idea that what I need to show my kids is a perfect parent. And I'm going to tell you that's the worst thing you can show your kids. Because if you show them that you are a perfect parent, you will rob them of a need to see a perfect Heavenly Father. Does that make sense? So here's my call to action for you. 
Here's what I want to take away. Your job is not to be a perfect parent. Your job is to show them your daily dependence on a perfect heavenly father. Just like the widow. All she could do was depend that God was going to be faithful for that day and go once again back into that jar. And so what I'm asking you to do is for your kids that you get rid of the pressure and the illusion that somehow you're going to get to be the perfect parent. But you show them what it looks like to daily depend on a Heavenly Father who is perfect and trust His sustaining grace day after day after day. Well, there's the message that I have. As I told you, my parenting sermons have gone through an evolution and so as I approach today, I realize that, that I'm not the best one to bring today's message. So we rounded up what I would call some heavy hitters, some blessings for you. And this is some of our more experienced moms that are full of the Spirit and full of grace. And we're letting them share a word with you. And so especially if you're a mom here today, I want you to hear this. And here, this is encouragement. And here's their prayer and our prayer for you. My prayer for you is that you glorify God every day by the way you love your family, treat your children, and love God. My prayer today is for God to bless all mothers as they deal with all the ups and downs of everyday life. Uh, may God bless you and hold you close. Have a happy Mother's Day. My prayer for you is to remember that often we don't know the value of a moment when it happens until later when it becomes a memory. Treasure those memories because their blessings that God has given to you. My prayer for you is that you would bring God and Jesus to life to your children every day, telling them about the beauties of the world and how he is always with them and will comfort them. Good morning, mothers. My prayer for you this morning is that you will love God, love your family, live in his grace, and bring glory to his name. My prayer for you is that in each of the very challenging stages that your kids go through, that you're going to be able to find the joy that's in the middle of each one of those stages and be thankful. My prayer for you is to trust the Holy Spirit, to see good in the chaos and teachable moments through God's eyes. Good morning, moms. My prayer for you is straight from Proverbs. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>